0: Welcome to the Alliance Bible Church Podcast. We exist to be a healthy community living and sharing the good news of Jesus with neighbors and nations. All right. Uh, Good morning. Uh, My beautiful wife, Nicole, is going to read our scripture this morning. It's in Isaiah 58. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there because we'll be hanging out there for the duration of our time together today
1: this is Isaiah 58, 3 through 11. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want, to free those who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who heed them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will continually guide you, giving you water when you are dry, and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring.
0: Thank you, sweetheart. Wonderfully done. So just over a week ago, I had the chance to travel 790 miles with eight of my best friends and two Honda Odysseys so that we could process and drive peaches. One might say they were peaches for days and days and days. If you were part of that trip, go ahead and stand up. Um, I know who you are, so you better stand because you're wearing a shirt that looks like mine, either in orange or gray. I gave the option. Yeah, let's clap for these people. So like I said, there were nine of us total, and these people gave up a week of their summer, and they paid to go so they could serve so that hungry people around the world could have food to eat. We had a blast on this trip. Good time. You saw some smiles in the video. You saw some tired faces in the video. We did a lot of work. Um, we drove Saturday and Sunday, we checked in Sunday night um, and breakfast is at seven in the morning, Monday morning. And all week breakfast is at seven, and then we do a chapel together and then about nine o'clock we start the work day. At noon we get lunch and we're done between 415 and 4 thirty. And we did that Monday through Friday. And then we got a special treat on Saturday. How many of you love Saturday morning after a long week at work? On Saturday morning, usually you do a little bit of work after breakfast. But when we were there, one of the teams left Friday night, and two of the teams were leaving after breakfast on Saturday. So instead of doing a little bit of work after breakfast on Saturday, we did a little bit of work at 5.45 in the morning on Saturday. So we were out there laying out peaches while the sun was just starting to peek over the hills there in Dinuba, California. It was beautiful and way too warm for 5.45 in the morning. I didn't expect to sweat that much at 5.45 in the morning, but I did. Um, So when we have lunch today, I would love for you to take some time and sit next to somebody in a shirt that says Peaches for Days and ask them about the trip. Ask them about their instead. Ask them about their favorite station in the peach plant and be ready for some good stories. The team that spent a week at Cleanings was able to show God's love to those in need with our works. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about GLOW. If you have a message handout, your first blanks, say GLOW, and that's God's love, our works. God's love, our works. If you don't know me, my name is Wayne. I have the joy of being the Associate Pastor of Youth and Family Ministries here at Alliance Bible Church. Uh, Thank you so much for giving up some of your weekend to spend some time with us, worshiping God through song, learning from His Word. There are a lot of things that I really enjoy about the Gleanings trip. The slide that ends in a funnel, that's one of them. Uh, serving with people who are giving up their time, that's one of them. But you guys want to know a secret? Now it's a secret, so you can't tell anybody. I don't know if you remember how secrets work. The gleaning trip wears me out. It doesn't makes me tired. And it's and it's not the long work days, it's not working out in the sun, it's not cleaning toilets because I volunteered to be on the toilet team because it keeps you out of the sun for the first part of the day. Um It's not waking up at 7 to eat breakfast because that's pretty late for me most mornings, actually. But it wears me out because being around a lot of people for a lot of time drains me. I'm an introvert. I recharge by being by myself or with a couple people. So spending nine days not by yourself and not very much time with just a couple people is exhausting for me. So a trip like Gleanings gets me out of my comfort zone. But I think it's totally worth it. And today, as we look at Isaiah chapter 58, I imagine our comfort zones might be stretched or might be challenged. But this is my prayer, that today God would show us his truth from his word and that we would be encouraged to love God with all that we have and to show his love to others. If you're not in Isaiah 58, you can turn there now. Isaiah was a prophet to Judah, the southern kingdom around 750 years before Christ came to live as a man on the earth. And Isaiah's message is relatively simple. First, Isaiah accused God's people of sin. Their sin was rebelling against the one who made them and that redeemed them. Second, Isaiah instructed these sinners to reform their ways and act obediently. Third, Isaiah announced God's judgment on the people because of their sin. And finally, God revealed his future restoration of the people Or at least of the faithful remnant that survived the judgment. We'll read verses one and two. It says, Cry loudly, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, and declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation, and some translations say, as if a nation that has done righteousness. And has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. So verse 2 kind of gives the impression that they're a people going through the motions. They they stick to the ordinance of God. They delight in the nearness of God. I really like how the New Living Translation says it in verse 2. It says, They act so pious. They seem delighted to learn all about me, pretending they want to be near me. God tells Isaiah to tell these people of their sins, where they are falling short of what God has called them to be. God doesn't simply want his people to act right and to jump through the hoops, he's after the heart. Your next blanks, if you're following along, God isn't interested in our pretending. God is interested in our pretending. When you work in the factory at Gleanings, there are four stations that you rotate through. One of those stations is the cutters. They're lovely. They sound like this. They sound shishunk, 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 shishunk. Unless you get one that hasn't been greased lately, then it screams at you while it does that. And that is the best So there's three sets of cutters, and that's one station that you go back and forth from the cutters. That's like your home base. It's where everybody hangs out the most. Uh, The other places are inspection where you touch uh, some kind of bad fruit and some really bad fruit. If you ever go, be careful because if you're squishing it to see if it's really bad, and you squish it really hard and your thumb hits the end of a pit, you'll bleed. I know this because I bleeded. And then I took a minute and went and washed my hands and then I came back and then one of the young men that was with us, who was also squeezing peaches with me, three minutes later was still squeezing peaches, then he bleeded. So if you're ever with somebody and they bleed, don't do what they were doing because then you could bleed too. And then there's dry fruit, which is everybody's favorites because you just pick twigs out of the dry fruit and sometimes you eat the dry fruit. And then there's cup up, which is where all the peaches come out and you you turn them cup up, the, the inside up, so that it dries well and doesn't stick to the wood as much as it would if the sticky side was down. But at the cutters, the machine has four rows, you saw it in the video, four rows down each side, and you have four people, so you're each looking in a row. And the purpose of your time there is to put the peaches so that the stem is sticking up, not like that one on the bottom right where the stem is looking at us. Somebody fell asleep, which might have been me, honestly. But because when they go through the cutter, it's going to cut out the core, drops the core, and then you have a lovely bit of peach to dry, and that gives you the most fruit to work with. You rotate through these stations, and sometimes you'll spend 40, 45 minutes, an hour at a station. And this can get a little monotonous, because you're just looking at a row of peaches, turning them so the stem is facing up. And sometimes you start to not do that. Maybe you start to go through the motions, like you just set your hand there, and let peaches go by um, because you fall asleep. Because it's a chunk, a chunk. Very relaxing. And when you do this, when you're just pretending, when you just go through the motions, it makes it so that the cutters aren't able to do what they're supposed to do. And it kind of goobers up the whole process. It makes it so that you cut the wrong middle out of a peach. And then you have pits and stems, which, like, I've never been starving. But even if I was starving, I'm guessing eating the the pit part of a peach that was dried wouldn't be that helpful. Because most of those people that we're giving them to like don't have dental care, so they break teeth on pits, that's bad. So we can go up the whole process if we just go through the motions, if we just pretend. And God isn't interested in our pretending, he's after our heart. In the next section of these verses, we're going to look at fasting. Fasting, according to the Holman Bible Dictionary, is the laying aside of food for a period of time when the believer is seeking to know God in a deeper experience. When the early church wanted to know the mind of God, there was a time of prayer and fasting. to condition or time of voluntary, voluntarily abstaining from food as a religious discipline. In Isaiah 58, 3-5, we see how the people were fasting. They were using the fast to seek their own pleasures, Which seems kind of silly because, I don't know about you, but I like to eat. Like So like giving up food to seek what I want, I don't think that would work in my life. Because I like the food. But that's what they were doing. Again, the New Living Translation here says that they humbled themselves by going through the motions. They wanted to look righteous. They wanted to look like they were fasting. They made sure that they knew, they made sure that those around them knew that they were fasting. The focus of fasting for them was not God, but it was what they could get from God. The Christian Standard Study Bible says he, he being God, did not respond to their fasting because it was superficial and inauthentic. It led to divisions in the community and exploitative behavior toward workers as well as self-absorption. They made fasting about themselves instead of about the Creator. Worshiping God involves more than observing outward ritual. There must be an inward obedience and submission to the Lord. If you're still following along on your blanks, and there are prizes for blanks, today if you show me all your blanks, I'll give you a hot dog. <laughs> I won't give you my hot dog. Or my second hot dog, but I can, get, I can be sure you get a hot dog. So, Our next blanks, when rituals get disconnected in their purpose, they lose their power. When rituals get disconnected from their purpose, they lose their power. Now, I believe that there is power in fasting, that there is power in prayer, that there is power in our corporate worship together, there is power in studying our scripture. But when the reason that we are doing something is because of the ritual, or to look right or look holy in front of others, when we lose sight of the why behind the what, we might be wasting our time. Like I said earlier, there are three Sets of cutters. Um, Anybody want to guess what they're called? The first one's Cutter 1. The second one is, you guys are so smart. And the third one, Hank. Hank. Cutter 1, Cutter 2, and Hank. Now Hank's at the end of that water trough. There's clean water at the start of the day and dirty peach water at the end of the day. And sometimes the peaches get jammed up and they don't make it to Cutter 3. They just don't get there. The cutter doesn't stop to chunk, to chunk, to chunk, to chunk. But without peaches, they're just going through the motions. They're not producing any fruit. The cutters are still doing all the work, but there's nothing going through. They're not producing the fruit. Fasting or any other spiritual discipline or religious practice should not simply be done to make us feel like we are doing the right thing or so that others will think us righteous, but our heart Must be to seek the Lord. And that's something that's kind of tricky for me because, on the one hand, I believe that absolutely to be true. Like, we shouldn't be doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Um, But every morning, I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't think this means that we always need to feel like what we're doing should be what we're doing. Um, When I was 28, I decided that I would start running. Does anybody know why I started running? Because I wanted to be faster. That's not at all it. I started running because uh, I have a high metabolism and I essentially just eat whatever I want and a lot of people hate me for it. Uh, Ice cream's delicious, cookies taste great, especially the fifth and sixth ones. Um, I started running because I didn't want to start eating healthy and I can't afford new pants. Now sometimes I want to run and I enjoy the run. And sometimes I run because I know it's what I should be doing. And either way, I burn the same amount of calories. So like with with spiritual disciplines, with practices, with scripture reading and prayer, we don't want to do it to show off or just to walk through the motions. But doing it whether we want to or not is going to produce results and help us get closer to God. We should be doing it to seek God, even though we don't always feel like it. I just love water in a coffee cup. We'll get back to Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 8. Is this not the fast which I, I being the Lord, choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house when you see the naked to cover him? and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light will break out like the dawn, and your recovery will speedily bring forth, and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. From these verses, it seems that the fast God is looking for is to care for hurting people, to loosen bonds, to break yokes, to share your bread, to provide shelter, to provide clothes. The emphasis is on social justice. Fasting must be connected to behavior that helps the exploited find freedom. Now the yoke is often an image of exploitation, of bondage, of slavery. Leviticus 26.13 tells us, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so you would no longer be their slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck, so you can walk with your heads held high. God broke the yoke of slavery that Israel carried, and he asked his people to do the same for others. I liked it in the verse that says they remove the yoke and that they break the yoke. Because if I have a worker and, and I remove a yoke, or an animal and I remove a yoke, he's like, oh, that's good for a while. But it's pretty easy to change my mind because I still have it. But if I take it off and I break it, it, makes it a lot more difficult for me to change my mind. The hungry mentioned in these verses Speaks of those who are hungry to the point of causing weakness or starvation. Not hungry like I am because I didn't eat enough for breakfast and we haven't had hot dogs yet. But really, truly hungry. These verses speak of meeting physical needs of hurting and broken people. God is calling us, his people, to meet the physical needs of hurting people. The one who finds restoration and peace in covenant relationship with God will express that commitment by sharing God's love with people. His worship may contain ritual elements, fastings, and festivals. We should have some more festivals. And these are not wrong, but at the heart of the believer's lifestyle must be a loving representation of God to the world. God's love, our works. Verse 8 tells us some of the results of a true fast. But we must remember, these are your next blanks. We should seek the Lord, not the results. We seek the Lord in our fasts. We seek the Lord in our worship and our prayer. We don't seek the results. We seek the giver, not the gift. And when we seek the Lord, we can leave the results in his hands, which I think is great because like, I know my hands mess things up all the time, at least once a week. Once a day, twice today, But when we seek the Lord, the results are in his hands. Here I want to stop and point out that we don't work to earn our salvation. Uh, we are saved because we believe in Jesus, because of his love, and we reflect that love to the world through our works. We don't feed the poor, we don't clothe the naked, so that God will love us, so that we're good enough to spend eternity with him. But because of his great love, we reflect that love to the world. There's a paraphrase of verses five through eight in a Scottish Psalter. It says, Let such as feel oppression's load thy tender pity share, and let the helpless homeless poor be thy peculiar care. Go, bid the hungry orphan be with thy abundance blessed. Invite the wanderer to thy gate and spread the couch of rest. Let him who pines with piercing cold by thee be warmed and clad, be thine the blissful task to make the downcast Warner glad. then brightest morning shall come forth in peace and joy thy days, and glory from the Lord above shall shine on all thy ways. Showing love to those in need brings God's light to a situation. Isaiah 5810 was the verse that's on the back of our shirts. It says so right there. It was the verse that we read probably way too many times according to most people. I read it three or four times a day to them. Verse 10 says, If you give yourself, some translations say, If you give your bread to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness, and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give you strength to your bones. And you'll be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. When this team was at Gleanings, they gave themselves to the hungry. We worked. We sweated. We were a bit hungry after a few meals, which I don't understand because they have teams of students coming to serve, and they have some international people cooking. And one day for, I don't remember, don't remember if it was lunch or supper, uh, we had something that was meatloaf-ish, which isn't much of a problem. I'm a big fan of meat. I'm a big fan of loaves, right? They, that's okay. The issue is that, like, It's not an issue. My issue. And anybody at my table's issue. And some of the people that worked there, like all the times issue, was that they served this meatloaf-ish type thing inside of vegetables. Like they hollowed out zucchini or tomatoes and put the meatloaf inside that to serve to, I mean, yeah, that sounds great to some of you. Like I ate like a 10-year-old, though, like like hot dogs, mac and cheese, like sandwiches. Um, So that day we were a little bit hungry after lunch. We gave up our comforts, our homes for a week so that we could serve, so that hungry could eat, and people could hear the good news of the gospel around the world. Your next blank there should say, light changes the situation. Light changes the situation. People can't see very well in the dark. I mean, besides Batman, but he's got gadgets. But when we can show them the light of God's love, in their place of need, God can use the opportunity to speak to their hearts. How many of you have ever walked through your house, like after you turn off the lights and you're on your way to bed? You walk through your own house differently then, don't you? Like, I know where things are in my house, and if it's daylight, I can walk through my house thinking about whatever I want to. But when I turn all those lights off and I go to bed, the only thing I'm thinking about is what's in the way of my big toe, and my pinky toe, and my knee, and my I'm clumsy elbows, right? But when that light's on, our focus can be elsewhere. When it's dark, all we're focused on is getting through the dark. Loving people brings the light so that they can hear about God's good news. Verse 11 says that the Lord will guide you and satisfy your desire. I found this very interesting because we read the words your desire earlier in verse 4. The Israelites were fasting to find their desires. But when they fast in a proper way, the Lord said that he would satisfy their desires. I think that when we truly seek the Lord our desires begin to line up with his will and our hearts will be changed to see people created in his image who we can show his love to or to whom we can show his love if you don't want to end with two. That's my bad. We'll see others through the eyes of grace. And maybe you're like, Wayne, this is great that that Isaiah wrote this to Israel 800 years before Jesus. But what does that have to do with us living now? following Christ. Can I read you guys a scripture from Matthew chapter 5? From the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching groups of people. And Jesus says this. He says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Our good works should point to the glory of the Father. God's love, our works. Gleanings isn't just about food. There's a lot of it there. It smells like peaches. Peaches is one of the better smells. They also use sulfur in their drying. That's one of the not better smells. But they're not just about food. The ministries that they partner with to distribute their food around the world are ministries that meet people's needs and share the good news of the gospel. Gleanings doesn't distribute any of their own food. They sometimes will take trips with it. But they send it with World Vision and with other ministries that feed and take care of people, as well as share the good news of Jesus. That Christ came to live as a man and to die for our sins, that we might have a relationship with God and spend eternity with him. That's the message that goes with the food that they send out. That's the message that our team was a part of a couple weeks ago. Your last blanks, if you made it this far, you're a trooper. Just seriously show it to me, you'll get a hot dog. Ketchup, mustard, whatever you want, as long as it's ketchup and mustard. Your last blanks, often we see the soul as more important than the stomach. But the whole person matters to our Savior. Oftentimes we see the soul as more important than the stomach. But the whole person matters to the Savior. We want to tell people about Jesus. And that's good because we should want to tell people about Jesus. But also we should just love hurting people. So many times in the gospel we see Jesus just loving hurting people. Healing people. He cared about their soul, that mattered. That mattered. It mattered that they know him, that they could live with him forever. But he also just loved people. As you wrap up, there's a couple next steps that you can take this week. The first one of those is connecting to the source by starting a relationship with King Jesus. There are people who just love people because they're loving people. But I believe that we need to love people from a place of our relationship with God, reflecting his love to the world. So if you're here today and you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, I'd encourage that could be one of your next steps. If that's a decision you want to make or you're thinking about, you're welcome to come talk to me afterwards. Find Pastor Steve, uh, Bill, Samuel, any of these men would be happy to talk with you. The second next step is to glow. God's love, our works, shine. By grabbing a list from the Welcome Center, we're doing a backpack drive for City View. There are students who can't afford their school supplies. Uh, City View leases three of our buildings. They're here more than we are. And we can show God's love by helping out. There are lists on the Welcome Center. There's three for each grade, first through fifth grade, to, to buy a backpack and buy those supplies. And we're just going to love our community that way. Another way you can do it with City View is, is volunteer. If you have time to spend an hour reading with second graders or helping second graders with math. Like, I'm not I'm not really mathy, but I think I could sit with a second grader and help them process that math. It gives us a chance to be in the community, showing God's love just by our actions. And you wanna know a secret? There's a lot of schools you can help out at, and any school you wanna help out at is great, but if if we're helping at City View, like, we have access to that building on, on Tuesday. So if we have a bunch of people that are reading that wanna come on Tuesday night at six o'clock and go sit in that classroom and pray for those students by name, we can, because we have access to their school building. Also, you can learn more about helping out with soccer shots. We have people who play soccer in our field for three quarters of the year and in our auditorium when it's really cold and wet. And we just love them by giving them water and coffee and fruits and vegetables and not cookies because if I was a parent of a preschool bringing them to something active, I probably wouldn't want them to have cookies. Like I would eat the cookies, but I'd want them to be healthy. So those are a couple of ways that we can can put this in action, that we can really take this and do something with it. Let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you for your love to us. God, for your gift of Christ dying on the cross so that we could have a relationship with you. Father, I pray that you would continue to show us ways that we can show your love to the community, to those around us. God, I pray today as we spend time eating and and playing games together, you would bless our fellowship, our time-building community. God, I thank you for your presence in this place. I pray that we would be challenged and changed by your love. In Christ's holy name, amen. Thank you for checking out the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information, you can visit AllianceBible.Church.